welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops Podcast, brought to you by Super Chicks. Hit Super Chicks on your way to Pasadena to try to find the last true chicken sandwich. They've got a location in St. George, so I think that's on the way, or Spanish Fork if you're just getting that drive started. Either way, hit Super Chicks, and remember, that's Super Chicks with an X. All right, on today's episode, we will have a quick Fresno State recap. We'll look ahead to this week's games in Oregon, and we'll run through some New Year's resolutions for all the Pac-12 Hoops teams before we get you out of here to enjoy the Rose Bowl festivities. By the way, if there's any Yellowstone fans out there, I don't know if there are any people that watch Yellowstone that listen to the podcast, but there was a commercial during Yellowstone this week where I think we had a little bit of the Running Hoops theme song in that commercial. Let me know if you heard that as well. Okay, one quick note before we get going here. Games are getting canceled all over the league, all over the country due to COVID protocols, so we will do our best to keep you informed on that as far as the Utes go. A lot of games getting rescheduled, a lot of games getting scheduled on the fly, so keep an eye on our Twitter feed, at Running Hoops. I'm heading out to the Rose Bowl on Friday night, but I'll try to get you information as I hear about it or see it or whatever. Maybe I'll get to meet some of you while in California as well. All right, well, it seems like it's been a month ago, but back on December 21st, Utah beat Fresno State 55-50 to to improve to 8-4 on the season. Brandon Carlson was out for the second straight game, but Utah managed to hold on against a good and feisty Fresno State squad who then went on a boat race, Weber State, up in Ogden. Marco Anthony led the way for the running Utes with 11 points and 6 boards, and Lahat Chun finished with 10 points and 6 boards as well. Now, Given that we are a week plus out from this result, I'm not going to get into what I liked or what I didn't like. This was a nice win for the running youths to wrap up the non-conference schedule. It felt like there towards the end, they were breaking every huddle, just trying to get to winter break. But at the end of the day, it's a nice win over Fresno. They finished eight and four in the non-conference. And as of this moment, Fresno is still Utah's best win. It's a solid Q2 Home win followed by Abilene Christian, and now Utah heads into its Pac-12 schedule with all of these COVID cancellations and whatnot, including the Colorado game for Oregon State has been canceled. I think the Colorado game for Oregon has been rescheduled, so we'll see how that works out. As of right now, Utah is heading to Oregon, and those games are scheduled to be played. So, As of this recording, Utah is 76 in the net, 74 in Ken Palm. So right pretty much in the same spot. So as Utah now heads into Pac-12 play, most teams have played two games except for Arizona, who has played one, and Washington, who's played none. Those two teams are actually supposed to play on January 3rd, but we'll see. The running Utes are in a cluster of six teams that are in one and one in league play, and it's pretty clear that spots 4 through 12 are wide open. They are totally up for grabs. The two teams that have two losses in league play are the next two up for the running Utes, Oregon and Oregon State. And so Oregon State, they're up first on Thursday night. Now the Beavers, coming off of a run to the Elite Eight, they were supposed to build off of that momentum. They gave Wayne Tinkle a contract extension through 2027, and they have proceeded to start the season 2-10, and with their only wins being against Portland State in the opener and Nichols most recently. The 10 losses in between those two wins 
include one-point losses to Samford and Princeton, losses to UC Davis, Texas A&M, Tulsa, and Iowa State, among others. They are currently 148 in Ken Palm and 245 in the net. So that's a pretty big gap between those two systems. You'd think that the net would kind of come closer to the Ken Palm as the season goes on, but that's all going to depend on whether or not they can add some more wins to their total. Jared Lucas, who you may remember hit the three to sink the Utes in the Pac-12 tournament right before COVID canceled the whole thing, leads the Beavers in scoring at 12.9 points per game. He's shooting 42% from beyond the arc. He's not the head of the snake. However, that distinction goes to Warith Alatiche, who is Oregon State's big man. He averages 11.4 points per game and 6.6 rebounds. He is a freak athlete. He's a really solid player. He flirted with the NBA, and he's someone who definitely, because of his size and athleticism, could cause our front court problems. Now, a couple of other guys just to keep an eye on. Deshaun Davis. Davis is a JUCO transfer who averages 8.5 points per game, and he leads the team in assists and steals. And Gianni Hunt, he's still on this team. He's a high-energy guy, and he's a bit of a pest in the backcourt. He actually had 17 in a game against Utah last year, so he's certainly capable of going off against Utah. Other notable names, Maurice Kalu, who's a forward. He had 20 against Tulsa earlier in the season. He's 6'10", but he's been really inconsistent this season. Now for the Beavs, they're 310th in points per game and tied for 382nd in rebounding. So they really have struggled to start this season. Overall, this is a game that Utah has to have. They're going to be getting Brandon Carlson back off of the COVID protocol list. And on paper, they're just a better team. You do not want to be the team that Oregon State gets right against, right? If you remember that a couple years ago, the one in 16 or 17 team that Oregon State had, and and the one was against Utah, and that really hurt the Utes that year. This is the same kind of deal. Again, I don't think anybody's looking at Utah as a tournament team per se, but they're certainly in the mix for the top half of the league right now and could flirt with that four spot. But a loss like this to Oregon State would really hurt their chances and I think really hurt the confidence of the team and the excitement that's potentially starting to build around the team, although it's not quite there yet. Utah should have a rebounding advantage in this game. They're going to need their bigs to force the issue against Alatiche. If you can get him in foul trouble, then you've got a serious advantage. Also, you can't let Jared Lucas get going from beyond the arc. So whether it's Raleigh or Marco that draws that defensive assignment, you've got to stay in his face. He's a quick catch-and-shoot guy, and he can he's a guy that can hit those shots, as obviously we've seen. For the Utes, they've got to take smart shots. They've got to get to a line, avoid momentum plays, etc. Get this win by hook or by crook. I don't care if you win it by one. This is a win that you've just got to have if you're the running Utes and you're Craig Smith and you're trying to prove out that you have built this solid culture and this winning culture and you're playing the right way. All of those things are going to be on display here against Oregon State and really put to the test. Ken Palm gives Utah a 71-69 edge and Haslam metrics has Utah winning 71-67. That's enough right there to make any fan uncomfortable. This is not a game to be taken lightly, and with the layoff that they've had, 
Obviously, Brandon Carlson's been off for longer. This is a big-time, big-time opportunity for the Utes. Go out there, get a road win, true road win, conference win, all of that stuff. Big-time opportunity for the Utes in Corvallis. Now, on to the Oregon Ducks. All right, so some point right after the Rose Bowl ends, hopefully victoriously for the Utes, Utah will play the Oregon Ducks. Talk about poor timing. Oregon is 7-6 and six and 0-2 oh in the Pac-12. They last played, like Utah, on December 21st, which was a win over Pepperdine, 68-59. to But their game against Colorado on Thursday has been postponed. So this will be their first game back from their December holiday break, whatever you want to call it. The Ducks have been very unduck-like to start their season. They got blown out by BYU in Houston, and they've lost to St. Mary's and Baylor, and they also lost at the buzzer to Arizona State and Stanford. So even though they are 7-6, and six, they are still a really, really dangerous team, and a team that, if they figure it out, could still you know, battle for that top four, five spot in the Pac-12 this year. We all know what kind of a coach Dana Altman is, and the talent that they have is always top-notch in the Pac-12. They're currently 60 in the Ken Palm and 97 in the net. Will Richardson leads the Ducks in scoring with 12.7 points per game, and he also leads them in assists at 3.6 assists per game. I guess we'd call him the head of the snake, but Oregon is really one of those teams that always has guys that can go off on you, which is really why they're such a dangerous team to play. They've had a bunch of guys lead them in scoring this year, including Richardson, Eric Williams, Davion Harmon, who transferred in from Oklahoma, Quincy Greer, who transferred in from Syracuse, and Frank Kepnang from that big center for the Ducks. I actually don't love this matchup for the Utes. I think Oregon's got some size that's going to bother Carlson down low. They can throw Kepnang and Dante at him, and even Isaac Johnson from American Fork and Nate Biddle. So this is a game where I think Utah's really going to miss Dushan and a game where Lahat is going to really have to step up so that Utah has some presence inside beyond Brandon Carlson. Obviously, guys like Riley Batten getting in there, mixing it up, getting some rebounds would help as well. So some of the keys to the game for the Utes against these Oregon Ducks, make them work. Ball movement is going to be a key in this game. you got to make these Oregon guards and forwards Really work on defense, tire them out, get the good back cuts going, things like that. Try to get some easy baskets against them, but you've got to make them defend for all 30 seconds of that shot clock. And that also means take good shots. Don't don't let Oregon lull you into taking bad shots or shots to try to sway the momentum. Work to get guys open. You've got guys that can knock down threes. You've got guys that can hit from the elbow. Use that to your advantage. This is a big booth gotch game. After a goose egg from him against Fresno State, Utah is going to need him to be on in this one. Hashtag let booth cook. I think he's got the opportunity here to be a mismatch for Oregon's guards. I don't think Oregon's guards are as athletic as we've seen in the past, but, you know, it's Oregon, so who knows. But I think that booth gotch is a guy who really could take another step forward in his game and really turn this into a big game for him. Rebounding, we know that most games come down to this for Utah, but Oregon's actually not a great rebounding team despite some of their size in their front court. So there's an opportunity here 
again, and we know that Utah's got guys that like to get in there and be scrappy and get rebounds like Marco Anthony and Raleigh Wooster, but we need Carlson to get some boards. We need Riley to get some boards. We need Lahat to get some boards. Just one of those crash the, the boards type game. They need a third scorer, whether it's Raleigh or David Jenkins Jr. or Marco Anthony. Someone has to step up and be the third scorer in this game. This can't be a Brandon Booth or Bust game, right? They've got to have some other guys that are scoring, not just scoring, but scoring meaningful points in this game. Momentum threes, getting to the line, scoop shots, whatever you want to call it. Like, they've just got to have some a third scorer get in this game. Stay out of foul trouble. Obviously, this is directed at friend of the podcast, Brandon Carlson, but you know they're going to go after him because they know that Utah doesn't have the depth in the front court that they do. So they're going to be throwing their bigs at Brandon to try to get him in foul trouble. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. And even guys like Riley and Lahat and others, everyone's got to stay out of foul trouble in this game. It's still a very thin roster, and Oregon's going to try to push that. Play with house money. If you beat Oregon State, you will have earned at least a split, right? This is a road split in the Pac-12 in Oregon. And if that's the case, play this game with some house house money. You've got the Washington schools coming into Salt Lake City next week, maybe, fingers crossed. So there's a big opportunity here for a really nice start in league play. Talking a three, four, maybe five win start in league play. If you can get that win against Oregon State, play with some house money. Play loose. Don't let Oregon, you know, dictate to you the pace in this game. And try to avoid letting them have those big momentum plays. And finally, this is a big key when you're playing Oregon on the road, as it turns out. Don't double dribble with the game on the line, if you know what I mean. Ken Pov gives this one to the Ducks, 72-67. And Haslam Metrics has the Ducks in a narrow one, 71-69. So, look, this is going to be a tough game for the Utes. It's like I said, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of this matchup. We know how much Utah struggled with Oregon under the previous regime. So obviously this is going to be a big test for the Utes. But if they can come out of it, it's a big time opportunity to really get on a roll to start conference play. And a win in this game could be, could be the cherry on top of an unbelievable weekend for Ute fans. All right, when we come back, New Year's resolutions for each Pac-12 team right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey, I wanted to tell you about Registered Physical Therapists, RPT Utah. These guys are committed to getting you back to work and play fast. Maybe you're going to the Rose Bowl and you're stuck in that small airplane seat or you're in the back seat of someone's car, it's a little bit crammed, or even in those chair back seats in the Rose Bowl itself and the bleachers and you're just kind of cramped and crammed and your back hurts and your legs ache. Give RPT Utah a call. Their skilled physical therapists offer a wide variety of services, including surgical and non-surgical orthopedic injuries, spine injuries, headache relief, balance training, and women's health. With nine locations across the Wasatch Front, they've got all your physical therapy needs covered. Go to their website, schedule an appointment today. It's rptutah.com. That's rptutah.com. All right, so last time we talked, we gave you the naughty and nice list before the holidays. So now we're going to go with some New Year's resolutions for each team in the Pac-12 
And we're actually going to start with the Utes, and we're going to end with their opponent on Thursday, the Oregon State Beavers. So for the Utes, two big resolutions. Get healthy and don't be the get-right game for anyone. This is important, right? Obviously, health is number one. But number two really is, don't be that get-right game for everyone. Listen, I cheer for a professional sports franchise in football who is the get-right game for just about everybody they play. And let me tell you, it's not a great place to be. Utah's going to be a tough out. They've got to be a tough out if they want to get into that top four conversation, that four to six conversation. So don't be the get-right game for Oregon State, for Oregon, for these Washington schools coming up, Arizona State, whoever. Don't be that get-right game. For UCLA, play a game in 2022. They've been off, it seems like, forever, and it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. They've had a lot of COVID problems and challenges. Hopefully these new CDC guidelines are going to help these teams shorten their quarantine windows and really help get games back on the calendar and fast. For Washington State, put a resume together. This was the darling team coming in to this season, and they've been anything but. They've lost most of their games that could be considered resume-building games, and they're going to have to make some hay in the Pac-12. So they're going to be looking at those USC, UCLA, Arizona-type games to help put their resume together. For the Cal Bears, don't finish last. Now, that's easier said than done, but with Oregon State, Washington, there's some other teams out there that could finish last. So for Cal, don't finish last. You finished last last year. Stanford, no head-scratching losses. Don't go out and beat UCLA and then lose to Washington, right? Don't do that. And speaking of the Huskies, don't hurt the league, right? Washington's not good. They're not going to be good. So don't go out and beat anybody that's going to hurt the league's profile heading into March. Arizona, prove that you're back. Continue to play well. Continue to get these nice wins. Be that top three team that everybody thinks you are right now. Got to prove that you're back. For Arizona State, finish over 500. You're 5-7 and seven currently. You've got all the talent in the world. You've got the curtain of distraction at home. All of these things going for you. I don't love your coach, but he's entertaining, I guess, is the best we, we could say. Arizona State, finish over 500. Colorado, the rivals, the Rumble and the Rockies partners. Get some respect from the net. My goodness, Colorado's had a decent non-conference schedule, but they had their game against Kansas canceled. They lost a couple of their big-time games And the net just does not respect the Buffs right now. They're in like the 115 range. So their New Year's resolution is to get some wins that are going to get them respected by the net. USC Trojans, carry the banner. I may have my feelings about Andy Enfield as a coach, but hey, USC is undefeated and they're ranked in the top 15 in the net and they're ranked in the top 10 in the country. Can they be the flag bearers for the league? Can they carry the banner for the league? We're going to find out pretty soon here as they have some tough matchups coming up again if any of these games actually get played. For the Oregon Ducks, now remember, this is their New Year's resolution, not my hope for them. Finish in the top four. It's there for the taking. As I mentioned at the outset of this podcast, spots four through 12 are wide open. 
right now. And Oregon has got as much talent as anybody in this league. They're as well-coached as anybody in this league. We know that Dana Altman's a witch when it comes to getting this team right. We know that most of their losses are decent losses, even if some of them are blowouts. So Oregon's New Year's resolution is going to be to finish in the top four in the league. And sitting at 0-2, they're going to be looking to get right against the Utes, which is why Utah's going to have have to have its A game in Eugene. And finally, Oregon State. Their New Year's resolution should be to check to see if the ink is dry on that Wayne Tinkle extension. Whew. That is looking like a really, really rough decision up there in Corvallis. Now, again, I think that they are way more talented than their 2-10 record would suggest. They've obviously had a couple of bad one-point losses to Princeton and Samford and some other games that could have gone the other way. Played They play, uh, played Penn State close in their MTE. But again, as the late now John Madden used to say, you are what your record says you are. And, you know, right now Oregon State's 2-10. and 10, So better check to see if the ink is dry on that extension. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Running Hoops podcast. Thank you for listening. For those of you that are heading down to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, safe travels to and from. Uh, I look forward to being at that game, being a part of the festivities, and I couldn't be more excited for Ute fans everywhere. Should be a lot of fun this weekend. You can follow us on Twitter, at Running Hoops. Subscribe, download, tell your friends. Listen to some of these episodes on your drive. I know it's a long drive. I know some of those flights are long. So give us a listen. Give us a follow. Give us a a subscription, rate, review, all that good stuff. But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Run Weeks Podcast. As always, go use.